This growth-driven conversation is brought to you by Aurobear, the growth-fast, growing growth marketing company that helps marketing and product teams run growth marketing faster and better. With the mission to help more Nordic companies and startup growth fast, Aurobear provides a startup plan and a learning center dedicated to Nordic startups. Hello, you're tuning into the Nordic Growth Show, the podcast that lets you learn more startup stories and growth hacking tips from the Nordic growth hackers, marketers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. In this episode, me, Jamie, and Bob are the hosts of the show. Today, we are honored to welcome Antti Pietila, CEO and founder of Loyalistic. He also holds many important roles at Finnish software entrepreneurs as a longtime board member, founder, and chairman of SAS Club. Welcome, Antti, to our show. Thank you. Nice to be there here. Okay. Hi, Antti. Uh, by far, you are the most experienced guest in our podcast series. So we are so excited to hear what your experience that you're about to share with us today. So, but first, I will give the stage to you to introduce about yourself and the company that you've been working with. Thanks. So I founded and, and run Loyalistic. We are a, um, a simple marketing automation company. So basically, uh, HubSpot for one tenth of the price. That's how to say it shortly. And I train and uh, teach and talk and coach a lot about content marketing and inbound marketing in different different venues and different. Uh, training programs as well as uh, our own clients. Okay, so the topic today is about also about content marketing and inbound marketing for small and medium-sized enterprise and tech startups. So uh, let's first ask you about um, what is the most efficient ways to do marketing for uh, the limited budget SMEs and tech startups. Well, that's a question that everybody's asking. <laughs> uh, it always depends on the competition in, in your niche. And uh, typically it's content-based, but whether it's fully inbound or outbound plus content marketing together with inbound, it depends on, on the situation in the market, basically. But by that, some company are prone to hire like an marketing agency do you think with the limited budget company they should hire a marketing team or they should build their own inside marketing it basically depends on on that um let's say on the topic especially on the b2b if you're selling let's say a complicated product or complicated um, substance area to to a experience expert let's say if you're selling from engineer to engineer then a hiring marketing agency may not uh, provide you much uh, of the of the value other than helping with the production that's because uh, a marketing agency in in that space cannot necessarily don't know the substance and they don't necessarily understand the problems of the customer either But uh, the more mainstream you are, the more you can gain by using experts in in the production. Although in the the first case, you'll also uh, need professional help and the, and the agency can help you, coach you and 
guide you to do the, the right things, but you have to do the content yourself much more. In, in the first case, uh, the, let's say the professional cannot write on the highly complicated area, whereas you probably can, but you are not necessarily a marketing professional, so you will need some coaching on that area. Okay, like from your experience, what do you think is like the most difficult field that you have been working as an agency? Uh, can, can you elaborate a bit, bit so I can... Yes, uh, as you mentioned that uh, there's the different fields that pe- people should hire uh, outsource and there, there are a few that people should build their own marketing team. So in your experience, what is your... What do you feel like is the most difficult for the outsourced company marketing team to be doing the marketing content? Um, I think in in most of the cases, if the market is fairly specialized, you will have problems with, with an uh, with an agency if you approach it in the wrong way. If we approach it so that you know that you need to do a lot of stuff yourself, I mean, writing the content, it doesn't necessarily mean that you uh, you need to build your own marketing operation. It could be the CEO or, or the the best expert or, or the CTO who is actually writing about the content or being the, the guy who speaks on the videos and so forth. Uh, in, in those cases, an agency can help you to package the content in the right way But what I'm seeing is that people are outsourcing the problem to an agency and you cannot outsource something that you don't understand yourself first. That's the first principle of outsourcing. And if you are approaching, let's say, a wider B2B audience, an agency can understand that as uh, as they are B2B themselves. So they, they kind of understand the general market and the customer problem. So... For example, if you are selling desks to, to, to offices, then an agency can easily help you. But if you are selling, let's say, survey services to a special industrial niches like nuclear plants, then probably an agency cannot help you on the content. Uh, cannot, uh, it's not the right partner for you to outsource the content creation itself, the content creation has to be done by yourself, but an agency can help you with the, with the production of the, of the content in that scenario. So the role is a little bit different in the complicated market. Uh, an agency is more like a coach and a consultant, whereas in the mainstream market, be, uh, the marketing can be much more outsourced to, to an agency. Okay, I see. Um, so as we are talking about content marketing, uh, do content marketing for SaaS, for software as a service companies, do you think that they need to have like different stage kind of content marketing? So for example, as there are early stage, they should have different focus on the different kind of content marketing as where, as where they, when they already, uh, established they should change the content for the marketing uh yes sure that it of, of course depending on how far you are in the in the content marketing let's say if you are selling online you 
probably will have a, quite a different strategy than whether you are combining it with price sales operation. And also, if you are st- just starting up, you probably should start content marketing at the same day as you start developing the product, as has been the case, for example, with Slack and several other, other highly successful startups. They have started the marketing actually at the same day that, that they started to develop the product itself. You start to build the audience so that once you have the product ready, then you have some audience where to launch, launch it. In, in, for example, Slack's case, they have a 50,000 fans on their email list already interesting about the topic and just waiting for the launch of the product. So they get a head start when they actually launch the product. So in your experience, what type of content that you think work very well for B2B lead generations and sales right now? It depends a lot about the market. So if you, if you have a local market like you are targeting, let's say Finnish market is quite different than if you are targeting a highly competitive English speaking market. And many are selecting a broad approach where they are actually targeting different language areas as a separate markets. So again, it's more like targeting a local market than targeting a global market. It depends on, on the competition of, of the content in, in the content market. So there's huge amount of content available in English and you have to be really niche. Uh, on the other hand, the niches have a lot of searches and, and uh, a lot of people are looking for content in, in small niches in English language. But if you go to, for example, Swedish, Swedish, even Germany, you might not have enough traffic if you go to, to niche with your content. But when it comes to the lead generation, it all, all ends up into a honeypot content or lead magnet or gated content, however you want to want to put it. And there are different different good ideas for that. And we can yeah. talk about them later. Yeah, speaking about that too, like because you said that Finnish uh, audience are different from the English-speaking countries. So what do you think is the do and don't in content marketing for Finnish? Okay, uh, when I say about Finnish, it's basically any small or smallest language group. And in small and smallest language groups, the problem is that the search volumes, there are not enough traffic to be made with focused content. So you have to be very broad. And when you are very broad, you are collecting people from different searches, from different areas, you easily end up in a situation when you are going to go abroad or expand the operation to different language areas that actually your whole strategy will change. You just cannot translate them. They, are, uh, they won't work in the larger languages because they are too broad. And, and, and that's, I mean, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned in recent years uh, when, when running the SaaS club, that you should not start your content uh, slash inbound slash sales-based operation from, not necessarily from a small country, starting in, in your own language, in your own market, because your strategy will be so much different from what it, what it will be when you are approaching more global audience. 
Yes, on the flip side, like when we're talking about Finnish startup that they want to do the content for international audience, do you think they are a bit more challenging and do you have any advice for them? Sure, it's a lot, a lot more challenging to find that uh, niche where you can actually rank. Because basically, what you are aiming typically is to rank for certain searches, at least initially. Although there are no, although content marketing, inbound marketing is usually used also with with, um, ad-based traffic. So with an ad-based traffic, you have to focus very much on what you uh, what the um, of the problem of, of of the customer and what um, how how would i say it we, we, if you are drawing traffic with an ad you are basically i i am thinking with a finnish proverb and it doesn't <laughs> translate it in English. i think yes i think that's the problem for the finnish speaking doing yeah. finnish content <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, so if you are driving the traffic through search or let's say social media without putting a lot of money behind it, it's really difficult to find the niche where you can actually find highly relevant traffic in enough quantities. And for example, a, a long tail CEO strategy could be a good solution and it, it has been for several of, of the client of our clients that they have gone to really really niche keywords where the search has had a lot of qualifying keywords already in it so that it's basically just the right market and not nothing else whereas if they are going after, uh, if they are doing the same operation in, in uh, the local market, they would probably go after a much, much more head term or after head terms. And that's typically quite difficult for the management to understand that they really, really, really need to go niche or long tail to succeed. And, and if they are creating an ad ad-based traffic. So for this is quite typical today that you are driving traffic towards a ebook or a guide or something like that, but you are doing it uh, not with a CEO-based approach, but with an ad-based approach. And in ad-based approach, it's a little bit different where you have to think about the, the ad so that it promises an outcome for the, for the audience. And it's a little bit different from the approach of the, you're using in social media CEO where you're basically pr- promising an answer to their question or answer to their, what they are thinking. Okay. Yeah. Speaking about SEOs, we have the, as Arabair, we also provide uh, short SEO articles per month. And also uh, we can do a very long in-depth uh, article so for like limited research uh, startup, what is the practical thing for them to do for their tight budget? Should they do many short SEO article per month or they should do one very in-depth, uh, long and good quality article per month? Again, it uh, depends a little bit about uh, 
what market they are after. If they are, in, let's say, English speaking, I would probably go to uh, to One Piece, which is the best there is. Using what what Brian Dean calls a uh, skyscraper strategy, whereas in in the smaller market, I would probably go to the many smaller pieces so that you are gathering uh, traffic from different searches. You are ranking on a different searches because each each keyword has so so a small amount of searches per month. So you have to rank on quite a many keywords, and the content competition is much quieter in, in uh, smaller uh, language areas. So you can rank rank with a <clears throat> not so great content. Mm, yes, I see that many uh, CEOs of like B2B business, they have to do their own content strategies, uh, but they don't have experience in doing content. So what should be the first guide that they should make to create the right content strategy? Is that like create by a persona first or they should do something else? Uh, if, if they are doing the content themselves, then they probably should not start from the strategy at all uh, in, in the sense that what you, are, you and me see as a strategy. More or less, you have to have a kind of a vision of where you would like to go and then start creating on the area because the first thing that you you have to do is to learn to create content and what i'm seeing is that companies that have bought help for creating a perfect uh, content strategy or have spent a lot of time creating one with themselves with the help of a consultant or a consultant or, or an agency or whatnot and what, what I'm not seeing is uh, those strategies being implemented. The problem with a, with a advanced plan is that if you're, if you're an amateur content creator, <laughs> you cannot implement that. So you, you, uh, the first thing is to start creating content and then start to steer that process towards something. So as you learn, you can go to a more advanced and more advanced strategy. But it takes time and, and that's one reason why you should start as early as possible and not when you have the product ready. It's kind of too late to, okay. to start when you have the product ready. Yes, I see. Uh, is there a problem? Uh, it should be a problem when the final product comes out and is not necessarily match with the content you have already created for that uh, product. Do you think that they should do a batch of content for the product so that when the product come out, it might fit in some way? Uh, what I would say is that they should um, write about the problem they are solving. And okay. they attract those people, that audience who has that problem and want to talk about that problem and want to, wants to understand that problem better. So in, in a sense, the content is a bit high level and uh, early phase. And that's something that you, you want to collect to your email list is the audience that has the problem. <laughs> and then the second thing is uh, the marketing part, which is uh, to sell the product to those who have the problem. But yeah. it doesn't have to be content marketing anymore. Once you have them on, on the list, uh, let's say 80% of, of your email should be about 
relevant content and 20% can be marketing your product. Yes, as you have been doing this for many, many years, do you, what do you think have like the major changes in the industry since you started? Let's say in, in, in the last couple of years, there came a change in, in a way that a few years back, you could have done it without ad budget, basically. There are good cases of Finnish, uh, also interna- especially international SaaS companies who have made it big with, uh, without spending much money on, on uh, advertising that content. Actually, in SaaS talk last year, uh, SaaS talk is uh, the biggest B2B SaaS conference in, in Europe held annual in Dublin. And, and let's say the shared wisdom of, of most of the speakers were that content marketing has served SaaS companies really, really well. And maybe the, the, the whole, what I would say that um, people are kind of thinking, and what's the next thing as that has been so great that almost everybody is utilizing content marketing as their main growth strategy for driving leads to the sales or driving traffic to your online sales or, or helping your sales with a content-based uh, marketing operation. The what's, what's next? And we didn't see the answer there. But uh, I think the main, main change uh, has been the, uh, the cost of promoting the content and the content competition, which has got so much more fears that writing short blog articles and so forth uh, is not going to make it anymore. So you, you really have to know where to put your effort. Yes, I see. That's very interesting insight. And nowadays, I think that uh, video content marketing is now a trend. And um, it is, it, I think it's re- require more resource and skills. So what do you think about the benefits of making video compared to like writing blog posts? So for example, uh, we ourselves, we switched from mostly blocked or written-based content to uh, mostly video plus audio-based content about a year ago. And, and production-wise is quite much more demanding, especially the video-based content. We are now recording a podcast, which also is a great, great content. But whatever is the let's say the main content itself, whether it's a written audio based, like podcast, video based, you really should have uh, them on your blog as well. So the, the blog is your own media and whatever you do, you, you are driving traffic, uh, paid traffic, sweat traffic, like I like to say, the, the free traffic from CEOs and so forth. It's not basically free, it requires your work to get the traffic you should always drive it to your blog where you host your podcast or, uh, or, your, or your videos. Of course, you will host them in uh, YouTube or what video, uh, video uh, streaming service you are using. But when you are using, when you're putting effort to driving traffic, you should do it mainly towards your blog version of the content. Okay, I see. Yes. Um, what... Then, like for driving co- content, driving traffic to your blog post, what type of 
videos or way to do video would be effective for small team with limited like video making skills to create the best that they could it, it kind of depends on on the situation what i'm currently suggesting for many many of our clients for example is a video video podcast basically it's the beauty of of, of a video podcast is is that it requires limited amount of of uh, video production skills the audio production is quite simple uh, on the podcast podcast format you don't have to have a lot of skills as a speaker and as a presenter you're kind of interviewing someone interesting and like we're doing here so that's something that if you can find interesting guests providing your audience and access to interesting people is is quite a good strategy uh, especially at the moment when the the written content side has been let's say oversaturated more, uh, in in many markets or many niches there could be a lot of space to be taken in this side and i think you are a very interesting guest for our podcast right now <laughs> Well, I have one question because we are in the topic of podcast and video. So, yeah, it's true that podcasts and videos are trending right now. But like sometimes I think some audience, they are like not patient enough. Well, for example, like I I am, I am not. Sometimes I'm just listening to podcasts or watching video on the way to work. And it only costs me like 30 minutes. But some podcasts, they are one and a half hour long. So what do you think about the length of it? What is the best way to produce podcasts? How long should it be? Uh, again, it's, it kind of depends. If I think about what podcast I like best, <laughs> yeah, the other is two hour long, the other is less than 10 minutes long. So it's, the, uh, I mean, there's not necessarily the best length. It depends on the competition in, in your space if the others are pro, uh, providing length, quite long podcasts, then you should probably go shorter, uh, much shorter, and provide quick tips. Whereas if the others are providing quick tips, maybe you should go really, really long. Uh, I mean, the, the beauty of a two-hour-long podcast is that it can go really, really deep on the subject, whereas a 10-minute podcast the beauty is that you you basically give tips to the very fo focused subject it have to be basically you are answering a question not nothing more on it mm -hmm. and for example neil patel and eric seal holding the marketing marketing school podcast and they are recording it uh, i think a month uh, every time they record it they, they record something like 20 episodes in one sitting basically mm -hmm. Yes, I see. So like we're going to make it like our, like make a special out of our competitors. So yeah, that is very interesting. So for example, our podcast is something like 30, to, let's say 45 minutes, mm -hmm. kind of kind of 30 to a little bit one more than one hour. I mean, and I'm not sure that it. it's, let's say it's quite normal to, Soothe it in that range, 
but in in the future that might be the most competitive area where you're not you're requiring the customer to spend quite much time listening to your podcast but then you are not going deep enough yeah but at the, at the moment i think that's probably the 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 sweet spot is something like uh, around one hour or for more than 30 minutes yeah i see because i think uh, i watched some video from gary v as well and he said that the micro content from the from the big one like he has the snippet from many of his videos and like compiled into like five minutes video or just five minutes, just him saying advices or just what he think about marketing itself. And it, it's very interesting, although it's very short, but it's very informative and also very interesting to listen to. So do you think it's a, a, also a good way to like having a snippet of many videos and podcasts to compile and then just have a short like five minutes clip yeah that, that's uh definitely a great format but it's it's just one format so like i said the the marketing school by neil patel and eric seal is one uh, similar example i also like the carry with small videos let's let's put that way he also had long long hour-long recordings as well i think it's um carry we audio experience or something like that yes basically quite long recordings of him speaking and in, in different events basically so you can uh reach different needs and different audiences and different people with different kind of formats but you should probably start from one format and not necessarily the one thing is that what's best for the market that's one thing and the other thing is the the cost of production and especially in the beginning you probably cannot go to a format which is too difficult and too costly for you to produce uh, because you don't have the audience so it's kind of a chicken and egg problem what Gary Vee or Neil Patel can do is that they have a huge audience, so they can they they can do stuff that we can't. Yes, exactly, exactly. But for the uh, short format, it's basically a Q and Q and A format. If if you think of that the way, so basically he is answering one question at the time, and that's a great approach as well. Yes, I see. Yes, like Q and A and like hashtag ask me anything or just uh, posting a poll or question on Instagram and then just answer them is like really interesting as well. Yes. And a, and a good example in that kind of that kind of uh, approach is the Saster founder, Jason M. Lemkin, Lemkin on Guara. Jason M. Lemkin sold the uh, DocuSign to Adobe a few years back and let's say, as an angel investor after that, uh, he started to answer SaaS-related questions in Quora. And the, those answers have generated more than 10 million views so far. Yeah. And, and he has personally written more than 2,600 uh, answers. He basically answers several times a day. And when asked how much time, or do, does he 
answer those questions himself. He says, yes, uh, he answers them in the breaks of an investor, investor meetings and stuff like that. He all, only selects questions where he, have a, where he has a right thought out answer. Basically, he answer, answers questions that he, he has already processed the answer before. So mm -hmm. it takes about 10 minutes or so to answer those questions. And yeah. it has created, it's basically created the, the whole Saster uh, event itself, those, those answers. So there are a lot of, it, it's, it's a good, very good uh, approach, although it doesn't work for everybody. Mm -hmm. I see. Yes. So I think that is kind of like somehow he's getting his personal branding out as well. Because I think lately CEOs are starting using their own branding of themselves on their LinkedIn, Facebook to actually promote their um, content and their company's product or service. So what do you think about it? Yes, uh, exactly. So basically when asked uh about whether you should do it with your own profile or company profile. I would say uh, almost always go to your own profile if you think yourself as a long-time CEO or founder. If you think it, uh, that you, you are just doing it for a couple of years, then maybe it's not worth building the um, building it on your personal account. But if you are thinking a little bit more long-term, uh, long it's much more easier to get followers to your social accounts with your name on it than yeah. with your company's name on it. I see. Yes, personal touch is really, really important these days. Yeah. Of course, yeah. you can offer, uh, brand it like, let's say, a podcast. If the podcast has its own brand and you are the host, then you are, we made the mistake that our podcast is named with our company name. And that's oh. certainly hurting because we, can, we couldn't figure out any other name in that, in, in that uh, time. But for example, for a YouTube channel, you don't, doesn't, you, you don't have to go with your own name. You can create a separate brand for it, like let's say a, a magazine name, if you like. That's, let's say, the third approach. Okay. Or like okay. your podcast. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> either of your names or, uh, or your company name. Yes. Yeah, because we want it to be like, I think, general. We want to have like many CEOs and growth marketer to come and like talk about just growth marketing, not, not just only for our company, but it's for the sake of everyone, every startup in the Nordic area. Yeah, then, ex ex exactly. And it's, it's much more approachable when, when it's kind of not a brand. It's, a, it, it's an own media in, in itself. It's, a, it's a, its own name and, and so forth. So uh, that's, let's say, the third approach. <laughs> and, but again, I, I think there's a no right answer. It's, it always uh, depends on, on your situation. So... But what, what I would probably do is to look something else than, than your company name as a, as a first choice. Yes, I, I see. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's because as me from as a user, if I see a podcast that has a company's name on it, I, wouldn't, I would be like a bit skeptical <laughs> to actually click on it and listen to it. 
I don't know if, if you are the same, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that, that's basically the market itself. I spend a lot of time in YouTube and basically it's a very, I follow, I subscribe more than 300 uh, YouTube channels. And I would say that there's hardly any company channels there. Uh-huh, yeah. But then that's not necessarily the, the other thing is, of course, that even though the video's kind of big, it's not really a big. Uh, if, 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 if we look from, from, uh, from for, for example, from YouTube's angle, there's not too many um, content creators, content marketers there, really. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of challenging media. And, and uh, I definitely fee- see that there's a huge opportunity there. But for some reasons, I don't see too many, too many content marketers doing that. Yes. I, well, but I think YouTube is growing and growing like really fast. You cannot tell <laughs> what will happen like maybe in the next two years. Maybe like the content marketing uh, will like explode on YouTube as well. So. Yeah, and, and the the big big thing for a uh, the big let's say the big thing for for a marketer or CEO is not to go where everybody else is going. It's not to do what is best now. It's to do something that's not a big thing now, but will be there. So go where the buck is going to be, not where it, it's now. Using the hockey term here. Yeah. So you kind of, it takes a time to, to build the skills and, and to build the audience in, in one channel. So you better go to a channel that's going to grow and where the competition is not fierce at the moment rather than start it with something that where everybody else is doing already. So that's really, really d- tough to succeed. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, cause if, because like now if we just run after everyone and it's like, if you keep on running and you never stop, so it's better to, to be peer, pioneer, right? So remember everyone. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and if you think about, let's say, for example, YouTubers who have built a business around that channel or started YouTubing there to promote their channel, if you look at them, their videos when they started a few years back, they're just horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, Many are not, many CEOs, many marketers uh, have raised their bar too high when they're starting up and they have far too overbloated expectations of the results mm-hmm. and, and they don't have budgets to match yeah. uh, those ambitions. So you, you have to start early, you have to grind, 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 uh, learn how to do it, accumulate the audience. And one day you can have a month where you double your audience and, and the next month you double your audience and so forth. But it takes time to, to get there. Yes, exactly. Yes, that's very interesting insight and tips from you, actually. Um, yeah, I have just one last question. What is the uh, growth hack tools that could help your content marketing game? Because I see many, many tools in a in the like in the internet these days and they start making me confused so what is your advice on this 
I would say that the best tool you can have is to to actually manage your experiments rather than having that one tool because that one tool is something that may give you an edge today but not necessarily tomorrow. So you have to be consistent with the, with the experiments, with, with trying new, uh, new things and so forth. I don't think I have any one tool to, to recommend at this point. I have something like tense in use myself. Yes. Yes, I think it's with the growth marketing, we should keep on experimenting and trying, testing new things. So we'll like eventually get to the thing that fits us. And it's not like if now I say that I like to use this tool and then everybody would keep, would use that as well because it's, it's difference between companies, right? Yeah, you're right. And, and uh, you're, you're optimizing a long consume, uh, let's say customer path uh, or customer journey and you're optimizing it in different phases so one tool helps in, in one phase and it might help now. So you may probably have 10 steps on your customer's path and you are using one tool to optimize, uh, as a one, one tool to optimize one step at the, the, the whole process. So uh, I think the big mistake that many are making is that they are going after the, the next big thing they are learning, what's the next? Is it a chatbot? Is it a native advertising or something like that? It's not about that one tool. It's about the, the, the whole system you are building. And certain things are not going to work in your strategy, even though it works greatly for, uh, for someone else. If you have built your system in, in certain way, say, for example, a chatbot might, might be just a waste of time for some. And for, for some, it could be a really good solution so use your own head and, and not pick someone else else's best tools basically yeah okay thanks a lot for your insights so we have talked about uh, content marketing for smes and regard to podcasts so right now in the end would you like to have any thoughts for our audience like what should their takeaways from this podcast I think I think the main let's say main takeaways is that content marketing in B two B space is basically something that almost everybody does. So it's not a question whether to do it or or not. It's how to do it. In in your case, so start building your competence today. You cannot outsource the the problem, but you need uh, you are going to need outside help. So again start to learn the game yourself and start to find good partners to help it help you with train you consult you do research for you edit your content produce your content what uh, build your funnel or what whatnot but start doing it yourself and start experimenting and start it immediately not after you have the product ready you probably need uh a year to to get any any, any let's say substantial audience or any any noticeable traction so you, you really should start it today and not when you have the product ready okay thanks a lot so after the podcast i 
assume that a lot of our viewers would like to learn more about you. So is there any place that our audience can follow you? And if there is any project that you are working on and you would like everybody to know? Just go to loyalistic.com and, and go to blog and we have a lot of links to, to videos, podcasts and, and so forth in both English and, and, and Finnish languages. So you'll find all the links from there basically after each blog post. And if if you are operating in Finnish market and, and in a SaaS space, go to a Finnish software and, and e-business associations page and, and search for the SaaS club and, and come here uh, or there. Uh, we have almost every SaaS company in, in, in the business meeting, meeting at our meetups. Okay. Thank you a lot, Antti, for joining us today. I think we we'll very appreciate your experience that you were sharing with us. Thanks uh, for having me. Thank That you. Thank you so much, Antti. Thank you. That's a wrap for this episode of the Nordic Growth Show podcast. On behalf of our team, I'd like to thank you all for joining in with us. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at Growth to know what we're up to. If you have any questions or requests, feel free to contact us via social media as well as email. We'd love to hear from you. So, until next time at the Nordic Growth Show.